This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime at our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. What I'd like to say first off is that this is Memorial Weekend. And on Memorial Weekend, we remember, we don't want to forget the men and women who have served their country and paid the ultimate sacrifice. They've given their lives. Last weekend was what they call Armed Forces Day, and that's for all the men and women who are serving currently and are healthy and alive. Memorial Day is a day to remember those who have given their life in service of their country. So we just say, God bless you, you know, to all the families who have uh, members who've given their lives for uh, a noble cause. And we will not forget those who've invested their time and energy. And uh, we also remember all those who are serving now in the, not just the military, but in the, uh, you know, uh, the law enforcement and all those in the medical field. We thank all you guys. You've been serving and f- keeping our country safe. Thank you so very, very, very much. Um, so let me see here. I want to uh, start a new series. Ah, they're kind of all linked in together. They all come from the book, you know what I'm saying? So they're all linked together. But we want to talk about God is good even if we're not. God is good, even if you're not. We want to look and see what the Bible has to say. And remember, if you would, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, getting ready to give up his very life, he told the thief who was there, and all we know about the thief, his name was Thief. And all we knew about what he did for a living was Thief. That's all we know. But Jesus said to him, and if few moments they had a chat there. He said, today, you will be with me in paradise. It wasn't based upon the thief's goodness. It was based upon the goodness of almighty God. And we'll be assured that we'll see that thief who's a thief no more in heaven one day. Listen to what it says here in James chapter 1, verse 17. It says, whatever, I mean, no matter what, whatever is good, And that's what we're talking about. God is good, you know, even if we're not. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father. So if it's good, I mean really good, it's perfect, it came down from God. There ain't no other source from which it could come, you know. If it's truly good, it came from God. That's just the bottom line. You know, when God has sent us things that we can enjoy with our eyes, the beauty, beauty and sunrises and sunsets, you know, mountains and our family and our loved ones and all. He's given us ability to smell. Hmm, it's really nice when you smell something cooking, right? But flowers and just the beautiful outdoors and all. He's given us the, the beauty of that. And he's given us uh, ears so we can hear those wonderful, wonderful Birds singing in the morning, even in the evening, we hear them in our house, and, and the winds blowing through the trees and melodies and gurgling brooks. Oh, I tell you what else is giggling babies. What a pleasant sound that is when you hear your grandbabies giggling, carrying on. 
And he's given us the ability to feel warmth and, and to feel love and, and tickles and things like that, you know, and to experience joy and sorrow, pleasure and pain and to love and, and 10,000 times 10,000 other wonderful good things. It says whatever is good and perfect, it comes down to us from God, our Father. Every possible thing we have is good. It came from God. And therefore, we thank him and we praise him and rejoice in him. Psalms 103, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You ever talk to yourself? I do. I mean, not talk to yourself. I talk to myself. You know, I do. And that's what the psalmist said. Soul, now you bless the Lord. You might not feel like it right now, but bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Just praise his holy name. That's a sacrifice lots of times. But he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. We've got to encourage ourselves. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. At least we forget. You know, let's remember this. And forget not all his benefits. And I like other translations as well. There's another translation that says, forget not one of all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget even one of the benefits, the advantages and and the gifts and the, the blessings and all that Almighty God has sent our way. In your job, you have a job, you have a career, think about for just a moment, do you like to have benefits? Paid vacation? You know, some sick days? You know, uh, profit shared maybe? All kinds of bonuses and specialty things? Do you like having benefits in your career? Well, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. His benefits are the greatest of all benefits ever. And he said, don't forget them. We're talking about God is good even when we're not. Let's remember that and think about that. There was a teenager who didn't want to be seen in public with her mom because her mom's arms were terribly disfigured. And one day when her mom took her shopping and she reached out her hand and a clerk looked horrified. Later, crying The girl told her mother how embarrassed she was. Understandably hurt, the mother waited an hour before going to her daughter's room to tell her the first time what had happened. says, when you were a baby, I woke up to a burning house. Your room was an inferno. Flames were everywhere. I could have gotten out the front door, but I decided I'd rather die with you than leave you to die alone. I ran through the fire and I wrapped my arms around you. That's mama's goodness. And then I went back through the flames and my fire, my arms were on fire. And when I got outside on the lawn, the pain was agonizing. But when I looked at you, And all I could do was rejoice that the flames hadn't touched you. Stunned, the girl, she looked at her mother through new eyes, weeping in shame and gratitude. 
she kissed her mother's marred hands and her arms. And I say, oh, God, give us eyes so we can see you as you really are and the price that you've paid for us and that we would look to you with great expectation. Sometimes we don't know the price that's been paid for us by mamas and by daddies or brothers and sisters or by others who's in our sphere of influence. Sometimes we just don't know. Well, let me go back over here. We was reading Psalms 103, which says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And then it lists a couple of benefits. In verse 3 it says, Who forgives all your iniquities or all your sinfulness. Boy, what a benefit is that. We can't get to heaven with sin in our life like that. And it says, Who, God, who forgives all. Now what percentage is all? 100%. As the Turners reminded us a little bit earlier, and they're a shout out, you know. Who was that who said 50%? Anyhow, it says, who forgives all your iniquities, sinfulness. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems. To redeem means to buy back. You know, you, you, you got bottles that are redeemable. Company buys them back restores them, cleans them, and uses them again. And it's talking about God who redeems our life from destruction. Because what Jesus, he was the payment. His shed blood, his life was payment for us to be redeemed and restored. He goes on to say, who, this is part of the benefit, he crowns you. You must be something spectacular for Christ to put a crown on you. He crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercies. He crowns us that way. And then he goes on to say, who satisfies your mouth with good things? When's the last time you had something good in your mouth? Probably wasn't too long ago. Probably won't be too long before we have something else. But God gives us the capacity to eat and to stay healthy, and he's produced all the wonderful vegetables and the fruits and all the other foods that are out there you know, he's provided the foods and he's provided us the capacity to enjoy them. It says, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We actually saw an eagle flying over our house yesterday. That's pretty awesome. Let me read you verse 5 once again, but I'm going to read it to you out of the Message Bible. And it says, here, let me see if I have a, a bag here. I got all kinds of bags and stuff right here. Mm, that was kind of nice and interesting. It says here in verse 5, it says, He wraps you in goodness. Now, this happens to be one of my sleeping bags. And if I leave it out, it will puff up there. But it says that God, He tells in His Word, he says, he wraps you in goodness. And when it's freezing outside, this is pretty good. Keep you nice and toasty warm. But he wraps you in goodness. <laughs> Beauty eternal. And he renews your youth. God renews. He restores your youth. And you're always young in his presence. You want to find the greatest beauty treatment there is on the planet? You can buy creams and gels and sprays and you name it. 
But it says here, he renews your youth. No more wrinkles. I mean, now there's a twinkle in your eye. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. So if we can learn to stay in the presence of Almighty God, if genuinely renews our youth. Fantastic promise that is there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, in the Message Bible, it says, God looked over everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. He looked over everything that he made. He, and he didn't miss one thing. It says, and God looked over everything he had made, and it was so good. So very good, exclamation mark. Everything that God had made, he looked over, and it was good, so very good, and he made you. And you're good, and so very good, that's what he feels about. Anyhow, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 says, someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed? Would you say that at home? Good deed. So you remember that. Good deed. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? What good deed can I do so I can have eternal life? Think about it. Let me read or digress and let's go over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, God saved you by his grace. Grace is unmerited favor, but it says, Enabling power. His enabling power. God enables you. By his enabling power, we're saved. God saved you by his grace when you believed, when you had a confident expectation. And you can't take credit for this, for being saved and forgiven. It is a gift from God. It's a, salvation is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things or the good deeds that you and I have done. So no one can boast about it. Remember what someone came and said to Jesus? Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And here in Ephesians, he says, salvation is not a reward for the good things, the good deeds we have done. And go back over to Matthew chapter 19, verse 17, it says, why ask me, this is Jesus, why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. He's from my God. There's only one who is good, and all the good stuff comes down from heaven from him. Psalms 119, verse 68 says, you are good. You are good. Even if you're not, you are good, almighty God. And the source of good, all good comes from you. Train me in your goodness. That's what I want at 64 years old. Train me, Lord, in your goodness so I'll be more and more like Jesus. Every day of my life, I want to be more and more like Jesus. And he is surely good, you know. Now you think about for a moment, God is surely good. And there's a lot of good things in this whole world where we live right now. There's a lot of good in this whole world. But a lot of people try to just do good stuff. And they want to leave God out of the good. And you know what happens when you take God out of the good? When you take God out of the good, what do you have? You don't have much left, do you? I got to be careful. I don't want to get no blood on this white 
supportive here. When you take God out of the good, when you take God out of the good, all you have is zero left behind. And I'm going to tell you something. When you take God out of it, it ain't so good no more. A lot of good things, a lot of good works we can do on this whole earth, a lot of good organizations that try to do a lot of good to help a lot of people. But when you take God out of it, you ain't got much left to it. But you want to keep God in all the good that we do. That's just the truth of it. So, let me see here. I can find out where I was at. Uh, Psalms 119, verse 68 says, You are good and the source of good. Train me in your goodness. Psalms 145, verse 1 says, I will exalt you. Oh, God's so good. You know, you can spend the rest of your life exalting him, worshiping him, praising him, singing to him, shouting to him. <coughs> it says, I will exalt you, <coughs> my God. I will exalt you, my God, and, and my king. And I'll praise your name forever and ever. You don't always feel like praising. Lots of times praise is a sacrifice. You don't feel like doing it. You just praise him. You just declare the truth. Anyhow, even if you ain't feeling like it. But I will exalt you, my God and king, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you. What's that saying? Every day. What percentage is every? 100%. Seven days out of the week. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. How long is forever? What percentage? 100% of the time. All my life long. Every day I'm going to praise you because of your goodness. Everything I got good, it came from you, almighty God. Verse 3 says, great is the Lord. Not only is he good, he is great, man. That's what I'm talking about. He is great. He is greater than Tony the Tiger. You remember how Tony the Tiger on his old Sarah would say, it's great. You know, well, God is great. God is good. And we teach children to say, let us thank him for our food because he's great. He absolutely, he is. Verse 3 says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. You know what it says in Romans 8, 28, don't you? No matter when it is, morning, noon, or night, 24-7, we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. They work together for, all things work together for, for good for those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. Great is the Lord, verse 3 says, great is the Lord, he is most worthy of praise. Even if it don't look like it. It's like, it's working together for good. Just give it a little bit of time. When we open up as a church and we're all back together, it's going to be fantastic, but, and we expect it. But let's just give it whatever time and begin to praise him that we're coming there already. We're getting the building in shape. We're making it safe for everybody. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. And I tried. I tried my bestest to get a tape measure that I can measure God's greatness with. But... I couldn't find a tape measure big enough 
to measure the greatness of Almighty God. It says it right here. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. It's so great you can't measure it. They don't make a measuring tool big enough to measure the greatness of Almighty God. And then it says in verse 4, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let each generation, let's tell our children and our grandchildren and our nieces and our nephews and just the children who's in our life. Let's tell them about the mighty acts of Almighty God and let them proclaim your power, your power to forgive, your power to provide, your power to protect, your power to save and to do everything else we need to be done. Let's share it with our generation. He's good. He's good all the time. It goes on to say in Philippians 4.4, and I'm reading out the Message Bible, celebrate God all day. Now, what percentage is all? 100%. Celebrate God all day, 24 hours a day. And then it goes on to say every day, not just on Sunday or Saturday or Monday or Tuesday. He says here, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel. I mean it's the party in him because he's crazy about you. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. We're on your side. Working with them and not against him. Help them to see that the master, his name be Jesus, the master is about to arrive. Master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. He could show up and interrupt our service if he wanted to do so. It could happen. And he goes on to verse 6 and says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worry and pray, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. So instead of worrying, it says, let your petitions and your praises shape those things that worry you. Shape them into, instead of worrying, shape them into prayers. That's what changes things, you know. Letting God know your concerns before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true and noble and reputable and authentic and compelling and gracious. The best, not the worst, meditating on the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and and God, who makes everything work together, and he does for good, makes everything to work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Oh, God will do that. That's what he promised to do there. So let's look back over here at verse 5. Let me see here. In Philippians, nope, hold on just a second. In Psalms 145, verse 5, it says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor. Now, let me digress. 
First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, you are a chosen people. You're a chosen generation of people, the Bible says. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. You're God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God because you are God's very own possession. He says as a result of being God's very own possession, you can show others the goodness of God as it's displayed in your life. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And you can let people see what God's done for you and in you and through you. Oh, and, and give them a heads up of what his goodness can do for them. Going back to verse 5 over here, says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Read in your Bible all the wonderful miracles, but I'm going to tell you, I got enough room to fill up an empty book like this now of the miracles that God has done in the lives of people that we have met and in our own lives. The miracles that he is doing on this planet right now. And it says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. God's deeds bring salvation when people hear about what God does. And he goes on saying, I will proclaim your greatness. You know, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see and they'll sing how great, how great is our God. He says, I will proclaim your greatness. And we can sing about it, and we can shout about it, we can talk about it, we can write about the goodness and the greatness of Almighty God. In 1988, an American earthquake killed 45,000 people. In the chaos, one man made his way to his son's school, only to find nothing but rubble. Other parents stumbled around dazed and weeping, calling out their children's names. But this father ran to the back corner of the building where his son's classroom once was. And he began digging until everyone else had seemed hopeless. How could his son have survived? But his father had promised he would always be there for his boy. So he heaved rocks and he dug calling for his son by name, Armand. Well-meaning parents and bystanders tried to pull him out of the rubble. It's too late. They're all dead. There's nothing you can do now. The fire chief tried to pull him away, saying, fires and explosions are happening everywhere. You're in shock. You're endangering others. Go home. We'll handle it. But the man continued to dig. Hour after hour, eight hours, then 12 hours, then 24 hours, 36 hours. And finally, in the 38th hour of digging, a day and a half after everyone told him to give up hope, he called his son's name again, pulled back a big rock, and he heard his son's voice. Armand, the father screamed. And from under the rocks came the words, Dad, Dad, I told them. 
I told the other kids, if you were still alive, you'd save me. The father helped his son and 13 other children climb out of that rubble. And when the building had collapsed, the children survived in a tent-like pocket in that room. The father lovingly carried his son home to his mother. And when the townspeople praised Armand's father for saving the children, he simply explained, I promise my son, no matter what, I'll be there for you. And our God, our Father God, our Papa God has promised us always to be there for us. That's his goodness. He promised he'll always be there for us and he'll never forsake us and he'll never abandon us. Never. And we find it fantastic about this man rescued his son, but I'm going to tell you, God has more resources. He is the almighty and he says he'll always be there for us. As we call out to him with confident expectation, he's going to be there for us and help us in whatever it is that we're going through. Let me pick back up now at verse 7. We had read verse 5 there from Philippians chapter, uh, Psalms 145, verse uh, 1 through 9. And we picked up in verse 5 and 6. Verse 7 says, everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. I'm going to tell you what. Everybody's sharing the story of Armin and his dad's wonderful goodness of digging him out of that hole. And everybody's sharing the goodness of Armin's dad of saving 13 other kids. But God has done so much more. And we need to share the good things that God has done for us and is doing in us and doing in this world and what he's got planned in store for us in the future. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful for goodness, think about it. What has God done for you that you can tell somebody about, even during this coronavirus? What has God done for you? Let's talk about it. Let's share those things. It says everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, and he's slow to anger. Ain't you glad that God's slow to get angry? You know people who are quick to get angry? They're angry about 90% of the time about something. Aren't you glad that's not the way God is? He is slow to anger and he's so willing to forgive. It says in verse 9, the Lord is good to everyone. Well, what percentage is everyone? 100%. The Lord is good to everyone. Psalms and even you. Even you, Tony, Lord's good to everyone. He's good to me, to everyone. The Lord is good to everyone. Psalms 33 verse 5 says the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Are you looking for the goodness of God? If the earth is full of it and you're looking for it, you're going to find it. The earth, the Bible says, is full of the goodness of the Lord. Sometimes we're looking for the bad, the gloom and the despair and the agony on me. We're looking for the dark and for the black dot and the negativism. But let's look for the good because the Bible says the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 16 verse 2 says, I said to the Lord, you are my master. You are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. 
Is that true about you? Every good thing you have comes from God? Then let's let people know about it, especially in a time like this where they think it's just all bad. God's on the move, and his goodness is still all around us and can be found if we're looking for it. Psalms 107, verse 1 says, Oh, thank God he's so good. Thank God he's so good his love never runs out. Has the battery ever run out on your phone? Has the gas ever run out in your car? You don't have to tell everybody. But has it ever happened? Think about it. Has your money ever ran out before the month was up? I'm going to tell you something. God's goodness, oh, he's so good. And his love and his goodness, the Bible says, never runs out. Never does it run out. You know, I was reading about this atheist once upon a time. He came into a town kind of like ours, went to the town green. There was a little platform up there. He just started hollering and drawing a, a crowd and telling them that he was an atheist and all. And he said, I'm going to prove you, to you that God don't exist. And he says, if there is a God in heaven, I'll give you 60 seconds. And he started his watch. If, if you are existent, strike me dead in 60 seconds or it proves that you don't exist. He stood there. People started backing away from him because they was expecting maybe a bolt of lightning or something or another. 60 seconds passed. He said, see there, there ain't no God. He didn't strike me dead in 60 seconds. When have you ever imagined that you can exhaust the eternal patience and forgiveness and love of God in 60 seconds? If some little old kid came up to you and said, you proved to me that you exist by striking me dead. What kind of God would that be? It's part of the goodness of God. He is so patient and loving and kind and so forgiving to all of us. You, take, you can't, remember, you can't take, you just can't take God out of good because you ain't got nothing left. It's just empty. The only thing that makes things really good in this old world is God is in the midst of it. In West Texas, there's a famous old field known as the Yates Pool. And during the Depression, this field was a sheep ranch owned by a man named Yates. Mr. Yates was not able to make enough money on his ranching operation to pay the principal and interest on his mortgage. So he was in danger of losing his ranch. With little money for clothes or food, his family, like many others, had to live on a government subsidy. Day after day, as he grazed his sheep over those rolling West Texas hills, he was no doubt greatly troubled about how he would be able to pay his bills. And then a seismograph crew from an oil company came into the area and told Mr. Yates that there might be oil on his land. And they asked for permission to drill a wildcat well. And he signed a lease at 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve giving 80,000 barrels 
of oil a day. In fact, 30 years after the discovery, the government tested one of the wells that they put on his property, and it showed that it still flowed 125,000 barrels of oil a day. And Mr. Yates owned it all. The day he purchased the land, he received the oil and all the mineral rights. Yet he was living on relief. A multimillionaire living in poverty. What was the problem? He did not know the oil was there. He owned it, but he did not possess it. That's like many Christians when you think about it today who don't realize how rich they are in Christ. All of its goodness has been poured out on us, but you don't know it's yours. You don't know it's yours. What is that that the scripture tells us? In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because they just don't know. There was a mom and dad sent their son off to college and they so desperately wanted him to read his Bible and stay close, stay close to God and they sent him his Bible with them and he was there and he would call them every once in a while say, things are going pretty good, mom and dad, but I, I sure could use a little bit of cash. And they said to him, well, you've been reading your Bible and there's a verse in there, my God shall supply all your needs and they, they quoted a lot of, oh yeah, mom, I've been reading my Bible. I could sure use some money. He he came home several months later for a little break. They asked him, have you been reading your Bible? Oh yeah. And they they just called him for what it was. No you hadn't. Because of every scripture we sent you there was a $20 bill. There were hundreds of dollars in your Bible. That money was there all the time. But you didn't know it. And I'm telling you, the goodness of God is sprinkled through this book on every page and you and I can access it and possess it and utilize it. But lots of times as Hosea 4 or 6 says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. They don't know. They don't know the promises. They don't know the treasures that are hidden throughout this book. Fantastic. Jeremiah 31, 14 says, my people shall be satisfied. My people shall be satisfied, he says. Chunks of pineapple. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I hope this can opener works. Mm. 
I sure had, <clears throat> wish I had enough to share for all you guys. The place is packed in here. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. When I hit the spot, hmm. Where was I? <clears throat> Jeremiah 31, verse 14. Oh, man, this is so hit the spot, you know? Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Makes me a little thirsty. Jeremiah 31, verse 14, in the King James Bible says, My people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. <laughs> satisfied means to be content, to be pleased, to be fulfilled. And I'm telling you right now, my tummy is starting to feel satisfied. Woo! That was good. But there are so many other areas of our life that we need satisfaction, but he promises to satisfy us in that area. Satisfy our mouth with good things that he's made for us. My people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. <coughs> That's what God says. Psalms 34, verse 9. In the message Bible, it says, Worship God if you want the best. Anybody out there, you want the best? You want the best for yourself? You want the best for your spouse? You want the best for your kids? You want the best for the, your business? You want the best for your finances? The best for your health? You want the best in every area? Or do you want the worst? I think we all want the best. And it says here, worship God if you want the best. Worship him. It's your heart responding to his heart. You're telling him how much you love him. And you worship him with your voice, with your hands. You worship God in your serving, with your, your tithes. And you, you, you worship him by, at, at food shelters. And you worship God by doing things and by singing. Oh, you can just worship him with all that there is of you. And it says here, worship God if you want the best. Oh, man, a song rises up in our heart, you know. <clears throat> Just can't help me. He's so good. Worship God if you want the best. Worship. Oh, you're probably not interested in the rest of this verse. This is probably just for me. Oh, you want me to read the rest of Okay. I heard that. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all. What percentage is all? 100%. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. 
When you begin to worship God, it opens the doors to all his goodness. And the Bible tells us that the whole earth is full of the goodness of God. Everything that's good on this planet, it came down from God. And when you worship worship him, it says it opens those doors to all his goodness. That's amazing, ain't it? And then verse 10 goes on to say, it says even strong lions sometimes go hungry. Even strong lions. They didn't get nothing to eat that day. It says even strong lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Those who trust in the Lord will lack nothing that's good. They'll have everything that they have need of. They will be satisfied. Their needs shall be met according to his riches in glory. Oh, this is a, I just got to read one more time. Psalms 34, verse 9. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Even strong lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good. And then I need to illustrate this next part of this verse. Let me just so, you know, I got pineapple in here. If you wonder what it tastes like, hmm, mm, that's pretty good stuff. Hmm, I have any more cans? Hmm, hmm. Oh, it says here, Psalms 34, it says taste. I just want to demonstrate what it means to taste something. You know, if you just do like this, hmm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste, put him to the test. Taste and see the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. He's good. His goodness is everlasting. It fills this whole earth. Every good thing that's in this earth that you have, it all came from him. Even if you didn't know it came from him. If that came, my wife came from him. Mm-hmm. Everything, the wife said, even my husband came from him. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything good that you have in your life, it all came from him. And it's saying, now that you know, taste, deliberately taste the goodness that God has sent your way and be quick to worship him, him. Worship him, because then you're going to find the best. That's what he promises. You're going to find the best and worship in him for his goodness. All the doors, it says, to all his goodness are going to be opened. Oh, fantastic. Psalms 27, verse 13. It says, I had fainted. I would have given up. I would have quit. I had fainted unless I believed, unless I fully, confidently expected I had fainted unless I had belief, confidently expected to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not only when I die and go to heaven. He said, but I would have given up, I would have quit if I hadn't expected, fully expected God's blessings and his goodness in the land here that we're experiencing right now. Are you expecting the goodness of God today and tomorrow? This virus ain't completely over yet. Are you expecting the goodness of God? 
upon you, upon your family, upon your household? Are you expecting the best, you know? Are you expecting all the doors of God's goodness to be opened up to you? I would have fainted unless I had expected to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So think about it. Just a question only you can answer. Are you expecting to see the goodness of the Lord? Or are you expecting something bad? We got to remember the blessings of Almighty God. There's, there's treasures hidden on every page. Goodness hidden on every page so you and I would discover it. Oh, listen to what it says in Psalms 27. I really like this verse. Psalms 27, verse 14 in the Message Bible, it says, Stay with God! Exclamation mark. Stay with God! Take heart! Don't quit! I'll say it again. Stay with God! Stay with God. Worship Him. Oh, man, you're going to find the best. All the doors of His goodness are going to be open to you. Stay with God and worship Him and praise Him. Job said in chapter 37, verse 6, it says, He directs the snow to fall on the earth and tells the rain to pour down. Now, why does he tell the rain and the snow where to go and when? You know why? That's his goodness. Listen to what it says here in Acts chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. It says, In the past, God permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence. God has never left people without evidence of himself and his goodness. God has never left mankind without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. Now, me and Susan, miracle, Kyle, we've been planting our garden. I haven't mowed my grass because we've been grazing out there. We've been eating dandelion salads. Oh. And when the yellow flowers come up and you pop them off and you dip them in some batter, gluten-free batter, of course, and then you fry them up, those are delicious. And plantain leaves are not only medicinal if you get a sting or a scratch or a bite, but they are delicious as salads, and you can cook them and sting in there. I'm going to tell you, our yard don't even think about cutting my grass. We ain't finished eating it yet. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not exaggerating either. A lot of people just don't know if they can eat some. They go to the store and they buy dandelion grains, and we just pick them right out of the yard, eat them raw. They get a little bit, you cook them. But what I'm trying to tell you here, he says here, he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. And meanwhile, while we've been grazing in the yard, vegetables is growing in our garden. About time we finish the yard off, the garden will be ready to eat. But it's the goodness of God that he makes things grow. He says it's his evidence that he's there for us and taking care of us. That's just the truth of it. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11 says, With praise and thanks, they sang songs to the Lord. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. He is so good. We used to sing as kids. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. 
He's so good to me. He answers prayer. He saved my soul. You know, he, he's just so good. He, he gave me a wife. He's given me kids. Gave me a car. Gave me a house to live in. He sends us rain for water things. He sends us snow. He's so good to me. Oh, with praise and thanks. They sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. He is so good. Praise him. Worship him if you want the best. Oh, man, worship him if you want all the doors to goodness open to you. That's what he's talking about. Just going to read one more verse. This is my favorite verse. (laughs) But I just want to read it slowly one more time. And we know. What's the date today? 23rd? May May the 23rd. We're smack dab still in this coronavirus thing. It says, and we know that all things, all things, what percentage is all? 100%. Even where we're at right now, what's going on today? And we know, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. They'll worship him and they'll get the best. They'll worship God and he'll open up all the doors of his goodness in front of them. And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. We know this. All things here May the 23rd. That all this going on around about God's working it together for good. Somehow. And we need to begin to praise Him. Sacrifice. Well, I don't see it. Begin to praise Him because you know it. I know you're working it together for good somehow, oh Lord. Worship Him in the midst of it. Not for, not for bad things, but in the midst of it, you can worship Him. And you can praise Him and you can thank Him. I'm telling you. Say, well, I've not really been that faithful to God like I should have been. God is good even when we've not been. So he'll forgive you right now. That's what he promised. That's part of his benefits to forgive all your sins. So I want to pray with you right now to welcome Jesus into your life and let him forgive you and cleanse you and write your name in the book of life right now. We get to heaven not because of our goodness. We get to heaven because of his. So would you pray with me right now Would you receive Christ in your life or would you declare what's already happened on the inside of you? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe he died in my place and I believe he rose from the dead. He's paid for all my sins. He's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus in. I taste and see how good God is. And that you release your blessings of forgiveness upon me. And I declare I'm a child of God. And I'm forgiven. And I'm looking. And I'm believing that the best is yet to come. For me, my family, for my loved ones, the best is yet to come. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen.